saw a white van with an air conditioner on the top of the vehicle. Ice cream man. Did y'all did y'all experience that or no? Was it an ice cream truck? <laughs> yeah, that was an ice cream man for us. <laughs> oh, okay, then, it, then maybe it was just us, but it was immigration for us. Oh, oh damn for real? That was the ice cream yeah. man. Keep the ice no, cream they would have kind of, they would have taken us all in. <laughs> no, right? Trying to buy ice cream. <laughs> the way I was raised and the blindness to it or the naiveness to other issues, my realism and my outlook now is very different than my siblings. Just this one. <laughs> Heritage, your heritage. Go to night school, take Spanish, and get up. Right, but you all speak so differently, and you all Mexican Americans. But go to night school. I'm gonna get drunk and get done. Spanish. All right, y'all. Welcome back to Too Hard, Too Fast, a podcast with strong opinions about things that we may or may not know too much about in order to broaden perspectives. I swear to God, if he brings me cheap Cheez-Its one more friggin' dime, we're gonna have- They're not good. They like dissolve in your mouth. Yeah. No, for brand, it's like cardboard. Yeah. Maybe it resembles something that used to be cheese. Yeah. No, it's not a cheese. It. I'm like, I'm sorry, but Charmin just can't keep up with the demand. It's just going to be Kroger Plus. Ooh. Paper. Hey, can we talk about how like disgusting these Charmin commercials are? Like, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I would just want to listen to Pandora. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I'm not picking up his underwear. You're the mom Pick up his underwear. What's wrong with you? The kid comes in. I've got it. Yeah, they're disgusting, all of them. And it's not realistic. First of all, you're bears. Second of all, you're mom and dad. Pick up the underpants. <laughs> exactly. Man, I hate it when they come on. And it would be the dad who's like, I'm not picking it up. Like, change a poopy diaper, please. <laughs> That's not uh, Hey, so, okay, I was just thinking about the college thing and going back to college. Before you guys came to San Antonio for college, did you guys used to visit San Antonio at all when you were kids? Because none of us are from San Antonio. Oh, Jerry, right? You are. No. Technically, Technically but you Cali. Two yeah. years. I'm from Cali, but two years before I was in San You're Antonio. You're from Texas, but you used to live in Cali. No, I'm from Cali. Excuse me, I asked you, when you introduce yourself to people at law school, where do you tell them you're from? And okay. you say, I'm from where? Yes, I've been telling people I'm from San Antonio, Texas. Thank you. Oh, okay. Let's move <laughs> you on. Claim, What's the best you claim story? California still, Jerry? I used to. No, right now. Right now. No, no, no. I, I, right now. I had a rule. I had a rule. If I lived in San Antonio longer than I lived in California, then I would claim San Antonio. And last September... Bumper sticker. It says, I wasn't born here, but I got here as fast as I could. Yeah, no, that's not true. Last September marked my anniversary or my date of me being in Texas longer than California. 
in California, I was only in there 16 years, and here I've been like 17 years. So, or in San Antonio, I was 17 years. So from now on, I, I thought it was reasonable for me to admit that I'm from San Antonio, Texas. So when people ask me where you're from, I do say I'm from San Antonio, Texas. Dang. Even though right now you can claim both because you're in a whole different state. Yeah, that's true. I can say I'm originally from California, but I'm from San Antonio, Texas. San Antonio. But what are you, what are you most proud of, California or San Antonio? I gotta I gotta admit, San Antonio. Because a lot of me, a lot of me was left behind in California. There was a lot of stupidity. There was a lot of ignorance. There was a lot of immaturity. I mean, you guys know this. When you guys met me when I was eighteen, I I still thought I was a little thug, which is so stupid. Uh, the way I dressed, the way I acted, it was just stupid. And, and I, I've really grown into who I am because of Texas. So I love I love my my boots. I love my country music. I say howdy to people. So I, I'm from San Antonio now. And a um, Hispanic ties to all that? No, Texas don't know <laughs> Mexican food. <laughs> What? what? Hell no. We have the best Mexican food. Califas is all for Mexican food. Hell yeah. No, I don't, I don't, I don't even know Texas Mexican. Worm gonna offend it again. He left. <laughs> he said, I can't take this anymore. I'm from El Paso. No, we know. No, no. He starts throwing up chicos tacos. Oh, yeah, the best menudo. <laughs> He's talking without the camera. <laughs> what do you prefer? Oh, man. California oh. seafood or Bucaneros? Bucaneros. Ooh, that's a good one. Bucaneros. Does that count as Mexican food? No, yeah, absolutely. That That is the epitome of Mexican seafood. That's Bucaneros. Right? Okay. Bucaneros is pretty much California. Yeah, it's California. It's California seafood. It's Mexican seafood. It's the way seafood should be cooked in Mexico. Um, so it, it's hard for me to distinguish because... Bucaneros is California seafood. Um, for people who are listening, if you're from San Antonio, Bucaneros is a seafood restaurant in San Antonio. That is bomb. So if you're ever in San Antonio, get some. My family's not from Mexico. Here's what I don't understand. Are, really? Shut up. <laughs> so, but your family, your family, your family, and your family are. Are there any of them from the same area in Mexico? The same region, the same... Energy. No, not all Mexicans come from the same place. I'm asking... <laughs> we don't all look the same. You are from the same place. My, my family's from San Luis Potosí. Potosí. Yeah, I heard your mom say that. And Joaquin and Scott, yours is from Michoacán? Michoacán. Michoacán, yeah. Uh, my grandparents both from Chihuahua. Chihuahua? Where is Chihuahua? Turn, turn, your... turn your cam back on, dude. Hold up, hold up. He's getting undressed. Um, know, right? My family's from Coahuila, Mexico. None of uh, that is far near each other. Mine's, yeah, a, mine's yeah. a border town, like right where I'm from. Coahuila yeah, and Chihuahua. So, so like yours, kinda... like Eagle Pass, is like similar. Chihuahua. Wait, what? Eagle Wait, Pass. What are... Eagle Pass is yeah, the border town with Piedras Negras, Coahuila. So originally, I'm from Coahuila. Are they similar? Eagle Pass and Coahuila, no. I, I mean, it's similar in the fact that it's predominantly Mexican. <laughs> there, there, there's a lot less Mexican. There's a lot of <laughs> uh, 
What? Did you say less, less Mexicans in Piedra? Eagle Pass is Beaner. <laughs> <laughs> if that's the case, that's Beaner Town in Eagle Pass. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm brown. I can say Beaner. I don't think you should though. Uh, yes. Yeah, no, it's funny though. Like, yeah, most of the, mostly everybody, like I, I went to school, my high school was at least 25% to, or maybe even 50%. Most of the students came, were coming to school in my high school in Eagle Pass, but they were living in Mexico. CC win? <laughs> Home Did of the Eagles. Yeah. A diverse school? Did I have a diverse school? <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, you Scott. <laughs> I'm just throwing numbers out out of my out of my quack quack. Just say the word. Quack, quack. <laughs> I'm censoring myself. <laughs> no. I'll do it for you. It's a uh, uh, it's a horn honking. <laughs> no, I don't think I had a diverse. You wasn't. No, I think I would. I would say like. Can I tell you that my school was very diverse? How so? And I don't like being the minority on this like Zoom call. No, we're I the minorities. I was like aware of like racial anything until I went to Our Lady of the Lake, and this boy who I went to this uh, leadership thing called me a cracker. Wait, what? That was the really? first time ever race was ever an issue in my whole life. No way. 100%. It was said as a joke. I crack club from oh, when I was nine. What is this, this guy saying? It's I me. I crack club <laughs> I from when I was cracker. nine to when I was 18. It was predominantly black. I never felt like I didn't exist. I never like thought about the fact that they were all black and I wasn't. The only time was when I went to the and the first issue I ever had was when somebody called me Cracker like 17 times in wow. one weekend. And now he's your best ever. friend, right? And now you love me. And now I love California, you know? He just That's recently. how Californians are. See? That's why he came to Texas. Oh, I, I, I've said that. I, I, I had a race problem growing up. Yeah, I've admitted to that. Absolutely, yeah. I grew up in a town where where I was taught to stay away from black people, stay away from white people because you you stick to your own, you know, you stick to your raza. And so when I came to Texas, it, it was a culture shock, especially because I went to Roosevelt High School. It was like fifty percent black. I I think I had two black people in my high school when I were from where I was from. So yeah, it was it was a, it was a deep culture shock. I I didn't understand my uh, internal biases. I didn't understand how I was wrong in, in, in the way I perceived the world. And thank God I was surrounded by the right people because I could have easily become one of these crazy racists that sees, you know, the world very one-dimensionally. It's like, if you look like this, this is the way you act. And, and and thank God I was I was corrected at a very young age that you know that's not the right way of thinking. But yeah, I was I was super wrong when it came to race and racial issues. Growing up, I had every bias in in my in my heart, and, and little by little by experiencing interactions with black people and and, and white people, I realized I'm fucking wrong. So little by little. 
Now, some of my best friends are white, some of my best friends are black, and I was wrong to think that way. One, when when I dealt with that, that was the first time I ever thought about, wow, I'm different from people. Honestly, swear to God, up and down. That was the only, first time, like, to me, like, I've ever considered we're all different races. Like, races make a difference. Like, I never felt, like, hate or... Like you know, when I was called cracker, like it came from a joke, like it was a joke. whatever. I didn't feel like it was an ugly thing, but that was the first time I ever, like, in my head, thought, "Oh, we're different races. Like we're different. Like that matters." Like my whole life, I was raised like we were just people playing soccer together, playing basketball together, track together, going to school together. It was never an issue, and that was the first like huge moment where I realized we're hugely different like I am very different and like I never thought of it that way and you know nowadays we have all kinds of conversations about like white privilege and things like that which I don't even understand because I just I never thought of life that way but now it's like mind-boggling I'm raising a, a son who's biracial and you know what I mean like I want him He's very light-skinned, and he has a lot of my traits, but I want him to respect his heritage and his culture and stuff. And, like, that was, like, a huge, a huge, like, turning point for me. And it didn't happen until I was 18. That's why I wondered, like, everybody comes from different places. And different places within the United States is, like, the only acknowledgement you get is, like, you have a southern draw or you talk with a long egg, northern. Sometimes it slips out. But it's, like... I never think about those things like you all are from Mexico and in my mind, Mexico is Mexico, but and you're all, all very all, different. We're not all from Mexico. <laughs> I know we're, we're Americans, Amanda. Oh, what a lay. I'm an American <laughs> citizen. <laughs> I think I mean, maybe are you gonna, Hey, you want to see my green card too or what? Just this one. <laughs> Heritage, your heritage. Mexican-American, <laughs> go to night school, take Spanish and get up. But, but you all speak so differently and you all... Mexican-Americans. <laughs> but, but... Go to night school. I'm going to get drunk and get done. Spanish. Fuck it. I have serious conversations. Let's write some beer some more. Let's go best. No, this is good. No, this is good. I like hey, this. What'd you say, Amanda? I think... Amanda, I have, I do have to correct you with one thing. You were taught to yeah. hate a certain kind of people, and those people were Cowboys fans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I called them cow, not cowgirls. That's rude. Cow, cow bitches. Cow bitches. <laughs> Girl, cow bitches. We respect girls. It's cow bitches. Cow, cow bitches. Not cowboys. Cow bitches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But hey, we're gonna win the Super Bowl. Hey, 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 from playoffs, my a few times. Go, cats, go. It was a catch. You were at the game. It wasn't a catch. You were at the game. We fired Wade Phillips. You were at the game. We sent y'all home. We were at the game. But uh, um, I. Actually, Worm and I had talked about this a while back or a couple of uh, episodes back that going to college exposed us to a lot of different things yeah. and a lot of different cultures. Yeah. Because uh, like Jerry, like my high school was predominantly Mexican. Like if there was one black student, we all wanted to be friends with him because we wanted to experience something different. We wanted to know something new because we all shared the same commonalities and so 
You reached it was, out. It was, it was better. Like, yeah, we got, we were all taught like a different perspective once we went to college. And I feel like my high school and my middle school and just my life, Mike, was so well diverse and mixed that to me, and Scott thinks I'm like naive and stuff. Like we had the conversation, but like to me, I feel like honestly me. didn't think twice about color or differences. Like I had two people that were my uncles, my uncles, because all my family lives in Wisconsin. So here it was just my parents and us. And there were my track coaches and their twin brothers and they're black. And then when we went to my sister's wedding and I showed Scott my uncles and he was like, those are not your uncles, you know? And I didn't think anything about them being black. It was a little bit offensive to hear someone, like for people to say, I don't see color. I don't think it's that I don't see color. It was like, obviously we're different colors, but I don't differentiate you from me. Like you're no better, you're no worse. I don't, I don't acknowledge your color. I just talk to you as a person. You're my friend. You sit next to me. But it's you're my friend on the soccer team. I don't think you're black and on the soccer team. Oh my God. Or you're Mexican on the soccer team. You must be great. It was just like, we're all on the soccer team. It's a little bit like, I would hope. It's a little bit like I would hope you understand that you're black and you experience different stuff or you're Hispanic and you experience different stuff. So to hear I don't see color is kind of like to negate that. I think that was hard for me. We don't have a difference. I think that's the important thing. We all have differences and we all have a different perspective of things and that's what we need to share with each other and talk about and be able to expose each other to so we can be able to accept and bring people in or even learn like in this case everybody jerry you amanda and warm and i have shared it in other podcasts we've all learned from uh the people that we've interact with because we've been able to either accept them or just listen to their side of respect and acknowledgement of respect for where somebody comes from what they value and respecting those values Honestly, Scott's dad and I had a serious conversation a few few years ago before we were married about how he expected him to be with a Hispanic woman. And when he was with me, he was disappointed. But after X amount of years and the fact that we share the same religion and I respect culture that it became okay. But Scott and I have been together almost 15 years and when we had that conversation, it was near like the 10 year mark to where it was okay then. You know what I mean? So my dad had to for nine tolerant. years, okay. it wasn't okay. You my know? dad became tolerant of it. Not. And I don't think I've ever done anything other than respect Scott or his culture or opinions or religion or beliefs or anything. But like it took a lot for... For him to accept white girl <laughs> the family, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just, when, when you attend the college that graduates the most Hispanics and announces it at every graduation any university in the United States and announces it at every graduation. And then you go home your freshman year and say, Hey, I'm dating somebody. Can you drive me up for the summer? to go visit my girlfriend and they say, sure. And then on the way they find out, oh, 
you pick the two percent <laughs> minority, <laughs> and it's not ten a ten white people at the university. <laughs> but internally, it's more of a oh, all of a sudden, I'm not good enough to meet your parents. It wasn't a from their point of view. It wasn't a you should be meeting a Hispanic and you should be dating Hispanic. It was a, we're not prepared to meet non-Hispanic parents that you're dating. So that was, I think, the big shock for them. They realized, wait, what? <laughs> what, what are we driving into? And that was, I think, the big shock for them immediately was... Not necessarily. They should have called you guys and no, I won't with the people. I'm about it. I'll cuss out your mother. You call Alex. I'll tell you all about it. Tell you she all knows about all the, she knows all the Spanish cuss words. It's okay. I know all of them. <laughs> I can order off the menu. I can ask for the bathroom. And I can cuss out you and disrespect your mother. I got it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's a big deal. You, Amanda, cuss, cuss out my mother. I want to hear it. No, Scott doesn't like when I cuss. Huh? Scott doesn't like when I cuss. That's okay. I don't care what Scott likes or doesn't like. Uh, you said pendejo earlier. <laughs> Probably I'm going to get. Yeah. You're going to be placing time out later. <laughs> I won't be able to talk for two weeks until the swelling goes down. But yeah, no, I, I, I think my, my, my perspective of the world in regards to cultures and races outside of the Hispanic one it, it it doesn't come out of hate you know I was I wasn't I wasn't taught from my parents to hate but it was more out of fear my, my parents stay away no I yeah. came out of more of a shame for, no for me it was fear because my parents speaking Spanish coming from Mexico they were told many of times to go back to their country they were told many of times to speak the language of the country English. They were they were harassed by black people in, in a physical or verbal manner. So it, it, I was taught out of fear to stay away from people that didn't look like me uh, to protect me. So it wasn't it wasn't done in malice of forethought, but it it was done to protect me. It was wrong because not every black person thinks Stereotype. that way. Not every white person thinks that way. But because of their own personal experience and their lack of education, they passed that information to me. And when I was growing up, I believed it. And it wasn't until later in life that I realized that my parents were wrong. I understand why they taught me that, but I now understand that my parents were wrong. And the unfortunate thing is that most people our age that are second generation American citizens don't take the time to learn for themselves. They just carry as well. That's what my parents taught me. So I'm going to continue to be ignorant for the rest of my life. And that's sad. As a Hispanic, I will call out all Mexicans that are ignorant that way and say, you're an idiot. Um, but for the fortunate of us, you know, like us that are able to experience life and go, hey, maybe this isn't the right way to see the world. Um, it, it, it's a blessing that we were able to grow and, and, and experience new things and, and be more tolerant of the world and understand that maybe we were taught wrong. Maybe it was good intentions, but we were taught wrong. And, and I, I think that's what makes the, this world the more beautiful place, being able to experience all types of cultures and, 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 and backgrounds and, and learn from them. And right now you're um, 
you're going to a school that's very diverse, right? Or your cohort's very diverse? Yeah, absolutely. My cohort, is, it, actually, we're ranked number one in the nation for the most diverse school. Yeah, because I grew up in, in uh, Santa Ana, California, which used to be called Little Mexico. It was like 90%. <laughs> it was 96% uh, immigrant. Lot, uh... Think about the word I'm saying, 96% immigrant. So <laughs> literally every weekend, uh, immigration would pull up any corner and just start rounding people up. There was so, like my personal experience growing up was maybe 10 times a year, I would have ICE agents stop me, apprehend me, and ask me about my citizenship just because I was brown. So that's another reason why I am apprehensive about, or let me rephrase that. I was apprehensive about white people because most of the ICE agents I dealt with when I was growing up asking me about me being legal were white. And there was no reason well, for me to experience that. And on the flip side, I was never raised that anyone is lesser or more than anyone. I was never raised on this person's more dangerous or less dangerous. Like, literally, it's not like I don't see color because everybody sees color, but it was like everybody was my friend I was cool with everybody it was all like a level playing field for me but I honestly hand to bible didn't know ice and immigration and those types of issues till probably college mm -hmm. I never like realized the level of the of, of of those issues or even like the acknowledgement of them yeah. Until until probably college, you know, and to this day, I still don't feel like I value or I don't know if value is the right word, but like race doesn't play a role in what I think of someone. It's how they treat me and how they act and how they their character, my character. It's not whether you're black, white, Mexican, whatever. But best friend is from a Mexican descent. My other best friend is from El Salvador. My other best friend is from Mexico. My husband's family comes from Mexico. You know what I mean? Like, there's not a uh, hierarchy of better or worse or whatever, but, like, my eyes are much more wide open to things that I never <laughs> Hey, Amanda, hold up. Whose TV is that? What? You guys don't hear a TV? There's a random TV going on. <laughs> I hear it. I hear it. Yeah, no Cut mark. that damn TV off. We just got attacked. I just want to throw this out that uh, Worm Safe Word is uh, Little Mexico, by the way. <laughs> I thought it was. Yeah. <laughs> Um, hey, not many people are supposed to know that. <laughs> Wait, I thought it was pineapple. Yeah, I thought it was pineapple. That that was that was in college. This oh, is, uh, you've grown up. I'm sorry. This is adult worm. Yeah, this is random, adult worm. Random question for, I guess, those of you that grew up in like worrying about immigration and that type of stuff. Because I grew up in a pretty predominantly Caucasian landscape. And as a Hispanic, when we were in town and saw a white van with an air conditioner on the top of the vehicle. Ice cream man. Did y'all did y'all experience that or no? 
Was it an ice cream truck? <laughs> yeah, that was an ice cream <laughs> for us. Oh, okay, then, then maybe it was just us, but it was immigration for us. Oh, oh damn, for real? That was the ice cream yeah. man. Keep the ice oh, cream they would have They would have taken us all in. No, right? Damn. Trying to buy ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> no, for us it was like anytime you saw that van driving around, it was like pick up the phone and call so and so and call so and so and let them know. Stay in your house. Call into work today. Don't go here. Don't go there. Don't go to the Walmart because That's immigration is piggly wiggly. That's weird there because you, you don't have families. That is no, but we yeah, had so like a random. Was like was I it like a family, random pickup? Like you look like you you. Why would you know that? Because your family doesn't have to worry about that. Because coworkers, I okay, admit like I had when I worked at the restaurant with my dad. No. It was well when I was growing like up. Like you were seven and you knew, even though your yeah. family wasn't wasn't illegal. Yeah, because they had family, they had friends, they had married people throughout their extended family that had to worry about immigration status. And well, yeah, I mean, from very little, I was taught certain things just to like be safe. Mm-hmm. Even okay. though I am a U.S. citizen, like from the day I was born, but I just grew up in Mexico for a while. Like, if we saw a white panel van with an ace on the top, it was like, phones out, call everybody. When you hear what he's saying, free. don't you think ice cream man? Well, that's what I thought. That's no, what no, I no, he's, no, 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 he's right, because it's not the equivalent in, in the physical aspect of the van. What we had, we had a little down, which was 4th Street. And, it, it, I mean, you would get paloteros, you, you would have clothes like Fias Paredes, you know, like it was just, it, it, that's where we all went to shop. And it was a very narrow street. So we had, we had 18 wheelers would pull up at one end and another 18 wheeler would pull up at the other end and a bunch of ICE agents would come out and they would just walk down the street and they would not let you out from those two streets until you proved that you were a U.S. That's I, and uh, thank you, Joaquin. <laughs> and uh, from, you. A very, from, a, <laughs> yeah, from a very young age, my parents always reminded me not to be scared, even though I remember people running and falling and, and crying and, and being freaked out because this would happen periodically. And my parents would always tell me, don't freak out. Just say you're a U.S. citizen because, you know, I knew the language. So it wasn't that much of a problem for me because once you were able to speak the language and say you're a U.S. citizen at six, seven years old, they kind of left you alone. But once you got older, like I did before I moved to Texas, it, it became a hassle. Instead of just being asked, you would be detained for an hour or two. Is until they that prove- something you've all dealt with, like Joaquin and George too? I dealt with it. No, I, I never. No, nothing like that. I think what I dealt with was more... You got the ball, baby? Good job, baby. Um, I deal with that, too. <laughs> is it something, not necessarily, that you dealt with your parents prepared you to deal with? We had we were prepared in certain situations. like, But like I told Worm and, and other podcasts, like, we were prepared for both sides of the situation. We were prepared for, in the U.S., you speak English, and you try to speak it as best as possible. And I told Worm, like, I try to lose my Spanish accent or my Mexican accent as best as possible. Um, but in Mexico, also at the same time, like we also had to be prepared for the fact that what Mexico does have 
and the dangers that Mexico has. So we need to manage and adapt to their like exactly no no address that you're from. Be able to explain where you're going, where you're coming. Um, where I did experience a lot of discrimination that I that I felt really ugly about was uh, coming coming from Mexico to the U.S. and having to explain how I was born in Mexico, but yet I'm still a U.S. citizen, and then that I go to school in the U.S., or that I was even in college in the U.S., and that um, I'm, I'm legal. Like, I had to explain how it works, even though, you know, them as U.S. customs, they should know, and then that would belittle, belittle you in the fact where it's like, oh, you're nationalized or you're really not a U.S. citizen. You're just... Make you feel like less. Yeah, and it's like, but I am. Like, I am. Honestly, like, it's terrible, but I didn't know <laughs> any of that was, like, reality until yeah. after I was 18. It's sad. It's sad. Yeah. It's sad. And it's like, I was pulled in to, like, the back and, like, questioned and everything, and it wasn't until, like, I mentioned my father, and my father at that time was a uh, predominant person of the of the city of Eagle Pass at the time. Yeah. And so they were like, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Whatever. I was like, you knew my last name already. It wasn't until then. And then, and it shouldn't have never gotten to that part. Like, I've never had to throw it my name. It doesn't matter who my dad yeah. is. I told I, you the facts. I right? told you that I'm a U.S. citizen. I'm showing you my ID. And at the time, we didn't have to have passports passport but i showed you my my high school id i and then in college like this is my college id like how many more ids do you want to seize to until i can prove that i'm not somebody else or somebody illegal or anything like i've been respectful i was never once because of my dad my parents my mom especially who (laughs) was like you never show any sign of disrespect to these people at right. all, even if they are disrespecting you. Bites you the ass. I'm talking to your dad being a member of like law enforcement, so that adds another level of respect to somebody in a law enforcement position, whether it's United States or Mexican or whatever. Like That adds another like acknowledgement of respect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, at exactly. 12 years old, I got my ass whooped. Uh, instead of like my mom and my dad going, oh, it's okay, it's okay. I got my ass whooped after crying because ICE, in, uh, not ICE, Customs interrogated me for a few hours. I was 12 years old. We were at Matamoros. Uh, we were in Brownsville. And to cross over by foot, um, there's a little park literally right past the 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 the, the the border and we were waiting there because my grandma was trying to get her visa and visas sometimes take forever so we were literally like 20 yards away from the border and it was taking forever well me being 12 years old i decided well let me go see what's going on so i went into the building technically crossing into mexico and uh I I uh, went in there. I couldn't find my mom. I couldn't find my grandma. I couldn't find anybody. So I tried to come back out. Me not knowing what the hell's going on. Um, they were telling me that I'm trying to cross back into the U.S. and I need to show proof. And I'm speaking to them in English, and they're asking me questions like, um, you know, uh, where's your birth certificate? I said I don't have a birth certificate. I just came to look for my mom. I couldn't find her. And they thought I was trying to cross the border illegally. They took me to the back and questioned me for hours. They, they had three different people question me about my school. 
and like basic stuff like like what grade are you on uh what school do you go to what uh, uh what's the street that the school's uh on what address is do you have an id and obviously i told you as well you don't have a california id but i had a uh, a school ID, so I showed my Lathrop ID, which is, you know, a, a middle school in California, and they kept me there for a good hour, two, three hours, I can't remember how long it was, and it was to the point where I was crying, because I didn't know what was going on, they just kept saying that I was trying to cross the border illegally. Finally, they sent somebody out after a few hours to to uh, look for my parents, because I told them they're literally in the park, and my mom was trying to get a visa. I kept telling them the names, but they wouldn't do anything about it. After a few hours, they finally did. They found my parents. My parents gave them the birth certificate, and they I, I was able to finally cross the border, which is literally leave that building into their park. And it's just funny how I was 12 years old, and they made me cry um, just because I was Hispanic, and I didn't know that I, what I was doing uh, was something serious. I was literally just looking for my grandma and my mom, and I didn't know that I had crossed into the Mexican side. That's crazy. And, yeah. It was, it, was a, it, was, it was a weird, and then the funny thing is finally I got out, and I was, I was in tears because they made it seem like I was a criminal. They, they were making me feel like I was a criminal. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm just playing baseball for later. <laughs> like, I'm just here with my family. <laughs> for your mom, like, how can that be a yeah. tough thing? And the thing is, this is, this is why it's one of the main reasons I want to be an attorney. I mean, it wasn't like I was 16 and maybe I was 18. No, I was 12 years old. I was a little kid. And they, they interrogated the shit out of me and made me cry. Um, but not knowing and being fearful of the government um, because of the color of your skin is, you know, it's, I got out of there. My mom whooped my ass for not staying where I was supposed to. And we never talked about it ever again. Until now. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. I mean, you're doing something about it in a, in a grander scale for your life. And I think this is where the perspective or the, the idea of this podcast is leaning on. Like we, these stories, these perspectives, like it helps somebody, like whoever is listening may have a different idea or perspective of things. And we're just, we're, we're making a difference in that. And that's, I, I think the goal for me and Worm. And I, I would love to get more people of different cultures I mean, right now we're talking about our Hispanic and our Mexican background. So I would love to get more people with a different background. We got Amanda in here who just told us that she didn't experience any of it until she got to college. So that's even a whole different thing. Like some people have that I talk to right now that I'm coworkers with have never experienced any of, any of this stuff or even talk, had an opportunity to talk to somebody about it. And so that's what I want this with this podcast. This is, this is what I want. It's a, it, this is what we need, actually. It's a huge impact to see the other side of it. It's a huge impact to, like, something that you're never aware of. But Jerry and I are the same age at 12. Yeah, and he's being questioned by Border Patrol. And I'm 12 thinking, let me go run and play with my friends. Then I would think twice about where they're from or whatever just we both like soccer you know what i mean it's just it's it's huge it's huge and and given the same circumstance that border patrol person that questioned him and detained him probably would have helped me find my parents <laughs> you know, that's true. And, and, 
they and that's the main argument. Yeah. And gave me a lollipop and helped me find my parents and made it a less scary situation. Thinking about it now as an adult, and for him, it was traumatizing. Dang, that's true. I didn't even think of that. But his mom reprimanded him just for putting himself in that situation. Like, you know what I mean? Just seeing it from, we're both the same age in the same situation. We would have both been playing or looking for our moms and we would have had severely different outcomes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, 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 it's sad that we live in a and world it's terrible like that. that. Like, I didn't know this world was the world it was until I was like 18. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's you know great what? that my parents raised me to think like everyone's equal and everyone's great. Like a hundred percent, that's credit to my dad. That's the way it should be. But at the same time, like I was also so blind to the injustices that go on in the world that to where Scott calls me naive all the time to where all the things I'm learning this year, I actually learned what white privilege means and I'm 33 and I just learned what that means. Yeah. It's a problem. That's powerful though. It's awesome. And you know what? And just, uh, just thinking about a different perspective. If we had that, that agent on here right now, he could, I'm not saying he would, but he could just say that he was doing what he was taught for the job. And it wasn't really what his, his beliefs are as a person. Yeah. So he could have, like, I'm not saying it's correct or not, but at the same time, we're talking about the system now. So yeah. he, and I would be, and I would be okay if I was treated that way. If everyone that happened to be in that same circumstance would be treated the same way. And, and the reality is what Amanda said is probably the truth that if Amanda was the one that wandered off literally 20 yards across the border, they would have probably held her hand and said, all right, let's go find your mom. And, and that, that's where the problem arises. Not the fact that they treat him other way. If that's the law and that's the way we need to treat people when they cross the border, cool. Just make sure you treat everybody that way. And that's, that's what the argument is, is that people aren't being treated the same way based on the color of their skin. Right. That's the argument. A child regardless. A child who's lost from their mom should be treated as such. Exactly. And then the details should be arranged afterwards that child finds their mom. Let's just, yeah, let's get them with the family. Stop the crying okay, and then figure it out. A child is a child regardless yeah. of where they're from or what they look like. Yeah. 100%. The way I was raised and the blindness to it or the naiveness to other issues, my realism and my outlook now is very different than my siblings who don't understand things the way I see them now. They see things differently, but they also aren't in an interracial marriage, don't have a biracial child. You know, my son is very green eyes and white skinned and blonde hair, but he is half Hispanic. Oh, green eyes. You guys don't have green eyes. Scott doesn't have green eyes. Oh, uh, the milkman has green eyes. But you know what I mean? Like, I want him to be proud of all of the sides that he comes from and all of the everything. And 
where we are today and the jokes and comments maybe my family makes or my family from Wisconsin, the comments they make, I'm more sensitive to now and I realize as things that aren't appropriate in my family. Do you know what I mean? So it's like a whole nother level now that I'm an adult and aware of things to now where somebody might make a joke and say something, yeah. it's now not okay on my level. Things that 10 years ago might have yeah. been okay. Because you, your, your, son, your son can have the Obama experience mm. easily. And you know what I mean, right? Yeah. Instead of being half white, half Hispanic, people are going to see him as I hope Hispanic, so. Right? So he, he might have that Obama experience. The poor kid has to trust in me to teach him Spanish because his father refuses to speak it. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be big. I'm going to trust all of y'all to help me support I think we all you're agree. You're, you're more yeah, Mexican. Right. But yeah, it's a whole different... A dynamic and a whole yeah. different, yeah. you know, the things you see on TV and news. Now I see my child having to go through, whether he has light hair now or green eyes now or whatever. I want him to gonna, own and be proud of his dad's side of the family, his where his grandpa yeah. comes from, and all of those things. Whether it's predominant when you look at him or not, I want him to proudly say, "I'm half Hispanic, half American, half." I'm glad you said that. I, I hadn't Whatever. even thought about that. You know what that. I mean? It's something that I deal with, and none of my siblings, none of my cousins, none of my anyone until me has ever dealt with. Yeah. You know, so it's it's very different, and it's very eye-opening. And I, especially right now, where these conversations and race and injustices are the forefront I find myself in a very different stance on things and understanding on things than my mom, my brother, my sister, and people that I grew up with and I thought we had the same ideas on. Because your son now might experience that, that in the future. I'm a wife and a mother of somebody and I see things from a different side of view, you know, it, it makes you understand things differently. Yeah. And I, I'm grateful for it. Yeah. It's awesome. It's different. Different. All right. So on that note, we're going to end the podcast here. Uh, This was super good. We just went from college life, uh, the craziness of it. We Mm -hmm. ranked some beers. um, And then we got real serious and real good. Uh, Sorry. No, no, no. no. This is what I wanted. And this is the beauty thing about the podcast. You know, once we start going too hard, too fast, things get real, and that's what I love. Um, so, with that said, another podcast down the drain. Thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you. Remember, dare to be you, dare to be weird. Worm, what are you going to say? She beer sucks. Drink four locos. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's another podcast down the drain. See you later, guys. Bye. Bye. Alright. <laughs> that was fun! Effortless, right? That was pretty like, good. Like, once it started to be like real and us just talking. Well, we've been friends since 2005. <laughs> <laughs>